0: Hey, y'all, thanks so much for listening to the show. Before we start, quick plug for another show, Up First. It's NPR's morning news podcast. Up First is about 12 minutes long, and it's produced and posted at 6 a.m. every weekday morning. The show makes you real smart, real fast, and I listen every day. You can hear Up First on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcast. Hey y'all, Sam Sanders here. It's been a minute. So every Tuesday we bring you a deep dive, and today, something different. Instead of a single interview, I am bringing you along with me for several. We're going inside the Chicago headquarters of The Onion, that news satire publication that has been making a mockery of America and its news since 1988. What they're doing is even more interesting now in 2017 because the news feels more and more like a parody of itself. So their offices aren't really like a newsroom at all. kind of looks like a Silicon Valley startup office or something. A lot of sleek cubicles and young people with headphones on and hoodies. Uh, But it's much quieter than you would think. There's this big and talented staff of writers there. Uh, And when I got the chance to visit them, I wanted to talk to more than just one person. So what you're about to hear is me hanging out with the staff at one of their headline pitch meetings. We will also dip in and out of it to hear some conversations that I had with senior editors and writers there at The Onion. I talked to Marnie Schur, who is the managing editor of The Onion, Cole Bolton, editor-in-chief, Chad Knackers, the head writer, and Ben Berkeley, who is the executive editor at The Onion. We will start at the headline pitch meeting. This is a meeting in a decent-sized conference room that has framed Onion headlines and stories all over the walls. The Headlines are where The Onion's biggest jokes live and they come up with them at this meeting. So, one, thanks for having me here. Uh, I'm the same with NPR, big fan of you guys. I'm gonna be a fly on the wall in this meeting, uh, but just so you weren't alarmed, that's recording right over there, that's recording there, and I'll have this
1: mic.
0: Um, So everything you say will be notated. Also, um Jerry's never been more concerned in this life. Yeah. I mean basically like feel free to talk louder than you usually do, just so we get everything. So, yeah, well we're very we're very nervous people, so I think this is this is a very unusual thing for us. So, so that's Cole, he's the editor-in-chief, he runs that meeting and he has this big list of headlines uh, with submissions from every person around the table. And Cole reads through them one at a time. And if the headlines get a laugh or if the group responds positively, the headlines go on to this, like, next round of whittling, of vetting. So whether or not a headline gets a thumbs up, it was really interesting to me. The room seems to make this decision really quickly, almost on instinct. Also, a side note, it's so weird to hear these headlines now because they're a total snapshot of that week that I was there with them, which was way back at the beginning of June, which feels like forever ago at this point. Uh, that week, there had just been a terror attack a few days earlier on London Bridge in the UK. Fired FBI Director James Comey was scheduled to testify before Congress that week and the president's travel ban. Remember that? That was still winding its way to the Supreme Court.
2: All right. Um, I guess I'll get started then with this thing over my shoulder. <laughs> uh, run, run. Holy sh- We're all going to die, says Defiant Trump in the face of London terror attacks. Death rides a horse bathed in blood. This is the end of us all, screams filthy, robed Trump on D.C. Street corner. It's okay. Victims of London terror attack can't believe they have to spend emotional energy condemning Donald Trump. It's okay. Uh, Trump refusing to come out from under desk until America makes all the Muslims go away. No, you can't laugh. Guests aren't allowed to laugh. <laughs> That's your laugh. One laugh. <laughs> One laugh. Uh, America will defeat Islamic terrorism, whispers Trump through thin slot in White House bunker steel door. Sure. sure. James Comey struggling to collect congressional testimony notes after big gust of wind scatters them all over National Mall. Okay. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> oh,
3: the door and just gonna have
2: steady on one. That patience. My memos! Report finds only 18% of Americans properly check cells before they wreck cells. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought that was gonna be a tick check. Like, check yourselves for ticks. <laughs> check yourselves for ticks before you wreck yourselves. <laughs>
0: So first things first, give me both uh, your full names and your titles and what you do here at the Onion.
1: I'm Marnie Scher, and I'm managing editor of the Onion.
0: Cole Bolton, editor in chief. Yeah, what so what I found so interesting is that like I can't read the Onion quietly. I'm laughing out loud. I'm telling my friends, yes. "Did you read this?" But this office is so quiet. Oh, it's, it's what's the deal with that
2: <laughs> none of us are really talkers i think we're all just like <laughs> we're people who much prefer to be in our own little cocoon of like uh quietness and and i think we're just all probably fairly introverted people on staff
1: yeah like god help you if you ever uh run into a gaggle of us at a cocktail party <laughs> why are
2: you all just like all sitting there in silence it's,
1: it's not the easiest thing in the world to <laughs> talk
2: just, it's actually pretty funny yeah we're, we're so introverted it's after like we have a social event, like we'll do is you know someone will have a party at their house or whatever, or, like we're saying someone's leaving, and we have a goodbye party or whatever um the next day when people come in with their headlines, it's all about how awkward people felt at the party the night before <laughs> like one of them one of them was like um what was the one about the dog
1: like uh Antisocial man at party really hitting it off with dog.
2: <laughs> Every, everyone thought that headline was about them. They're like, "Oh yeah, last night I was playing with Will's dog. That was me. I was like, I, couldn't, I felt too nervous about the conversation, so I went over and played with the dog for a while."
0: That's funny. Yeah, that's funny. Explain both of you briefly what the editing process is for a fake news magazine.
2: <laughs> it's actually really intricate. We care in an obsessive amount about quality here and about. It sounds weird because we are, you know, a, a site that publishes news that's not real. Um, but I love we, how you say it so deadpan. Yeah, uh, <laughs> but we, we put a lot of time into making sure that everything is accurate in the story except for the thing that we're satirizing, like, or that we're switching out. Like, um, we want to make sure that the people that we're quoting are, you know, the real names. All the details of, like, legislative bills are correct. Like, we don't want anything that's not the joke to be made up. Um because that's that makes our satire work. It's usually one thing we're switching out in the story. You guys uh, have fact checkers. Yes, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, we actually don't have fact checkers. But on you sat. fact check. We fact check, yeah. Oh my goodness. I
0: never thought about that, but I guess it makes perfect sense.
2: Yeah, the jokes don't really work if you just like go to Crazy Town and just make up fake senators and make up like fake bills. Like we're satirizing the real world so we have to have the real world in every article. Uh, Arctic glacier called to melt before Senate Energy Committee. It's okay. sure. Trump boys chasing wounded hog around White House. <laughs> <laughs> God, they got him in the haunches. Uh, report More Americans willing to accept female Wonder Woman. Okay. It's okay. Sure. Man optimizing experimental conditions before weighing himself. I mean, I like that idea, I guess. Yeah. I like the scene. Fox and Friends terrorized by hundreds of miniature Sean Hannity's running amok through studio? Kind funny. We're still on his homepage, if you guys go there. Okay,
0: just gonna pause right here. At the beginning of June, The Onion was in this feud with Sean Hannity. He is the Fox News television host. This was all happening just after the death of Roger
2: Ailes, who founded Fox News. Sean Hannity got really upset about uh, an article we did after Roger Ailes' death. Um, And he tweeted about it and then spoke about it on his show last week. What did you say about you guys? I think he said we're a really good company. <laughs> so, what was the headline on that? 100
1: it was, it was, uh, Miniature
2: Lee. Sean Hannity's Burst from Roger Ale's Corpse. I can sort of see why he'd be mad, too, but I mean, it's, it's like. I don't, so, part I don't of the context designed,
0: here, like, at least the staffers thought this was the case, was that the original article came out like two weeks before. So, they thought that Hannity was just playing this up and stoking a conflict he could use to fill the air on his show. When Hannity tweeted the article, he wrote, quote, "...what is wrong with the left that they think these sorts of things are funny?" Yeah.
2: yeah. He definitely, like, dug it up. Or something. Yeah. 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 Yeah, and he also says something about his daughter having to read it. Yeah, like, that's... Yeah, it oh, after, yeah, about yeah it's it. like, my daughter can <laughs> see this film. Well.
0: This was another part of the story. It ran with this, like, very graphic but also very cartoonish illustration. It's a bunch of little Sean Hannity's covered in blood, crawling out from between the buttons of an expensive-looking dress shirt. Hannity brought up his 15-year-old daughter on his show when he talked about all this. He said that she didn't find it funny to see her dad portrayed like that.
2: Yeah, he's like, my daughter can see this at all. Well. If you're worried about what your daughter thought of you, then you shouldn't be conspiracy-peddling blowhard. Should I keep going? <laughs> Fawning disciple of a sexual predator and a propagandist. I don't think I don't think we've ever mentioned Sean Hannity in here until Roger Ailson's death, but whatever <laughs> uh, okay, that was fun. <laughs> uh aid trying to explain Qatar to Trump just lies and tells him he has hotel there. so this was really interesting oh. to me. Like whatever you think of Sean Hannity, it is clear that
0: Cole and the entire staff of the union, they approach their work with this very substantial sense of morality. They are thinking a lot about right and wrong, and they are passing judgment on who of the powerful deserves to be taken down a peg.
2: Here's Cole again with Marnie, the managing editor. I think the thing is that we love hitting everyone, like, our, our motto is to stultus S," which is Latin for you are stupid, um, and we just want to <laughs> we want to indict stupidity wherever we see it, like, intolerance, greed, hypocrisy, lying, um, anything that's trying to, like, uh, that we see as bull. Can I say bull? You can say it. Oh, yeah. Say it again. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um So, uh, liberals aren't immune to that. In fact, we love, like, we love hitting Obama for, like, uh, extra-legal surveillance and for drone strikes against U.S. civilians. You know, it's we made fun of Hillary a ton during the during the, the She the, liked the, it, right? She tweeted one of y'all's articles about her, she right? She did. It was I am fun. It was an op-ed <laughs> written by Hillary Clinton It's, I am fun, which was the most wooden writing in the world. It's like I am fun. Things that are fun that I enjoy are as follows. <laughs> and then she when she tweeted it, what did she she had, had like one word like
1: It was humorous exclamation <laughs> point. <laughs> so I mean
0: <laughs> I'm sure some of the, I mean like I'm guessing you're speaking to an audience that is perhaps a lot, excuse liberal, Mm -hmm. and who held uh, the nation's first black president in a special place in their hearts. Like, Mm -hmm. how did you have to dance around?
2: Were there ever folks who were like, oh, that article was racist? Um, I'm guessing... Maybe for just like the jokes like Black Guy asked Nation for Change and Black Man Given Nation's Worst Job. Um, I mean, for those, I think it's because the it's kind of a shocking headline, maybe, or like kind of like you see it and you're just like, whoa, that's um, an interesting thing to it's read. It's weird to see like the words black is, guy written down. Yeah, I think yeah. it is. Um, but I think that's part of the jokes in, in these things are talking about how um, people are uncomfortable with talking about race a lot of the time and how like. Uh, Sort of surprising to see a headline like that. I think for a lot of people, it was really surprising to see a candidate like that. Oh yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So that was that was something we brought up um, in Black Eyes, Nation for Change and Black Man Given Nation's Worst Job when he was elected. And,
0: and was then when he left, of, what did you have?
2: Uh, Black Man Out of Work. <laughs> That's the best one. <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: yeah, and, and as with the Obama coverage, just with our as with our Trump coverage, any joke we make is going to be one that an entire room's worth of people have vetted, and and it's a joke that we can stand behind. Um, And we never, you know, we never punch down. Um, So because of that, we can cover any presidency that you throw at us. We have a process in place to make sure that we do so well.
0: What is is it? Is it good for a news operation covering Trump so much to not be in D.C. or to not be in New York? You're in Chicago. Is that an editorial choice? How does it affect the coverage?
1: So editorially we are in chicago for not like creative based reasons mm-hmm. um but i think that this publication could be written from anywhere because hmm. it's it's got a unifying philosophy and is pretty i think unaffected by the the location and the the atmosphere what you, would you agree yeah i would
2: i'd would completely agree i think i do think that maybe dc would not be the best place if, like i think we could mm-hmm. do it from dc i just feel like I think we went a little mad during the election. I think we're going a little mad during this presidency, like I said, just keeping up and finding all these angles on it. Um,
0: and like every little headline is like the biggest thing ever for DC. Like oh, really? me being there, every time that the Times or the Post has anything new, everyone's like, whoa, oh my God. It's it's like a dog <laughs> with a squirrel uh-huh. and there's a new squirrel every five minutes, but you never catch the squirrel. You're just like, squirrel,
1: squirrel, squirrel, squirrel.
0: And I feel like you guys are chasing fewer squirrels.
1: Yeah, best case scenario, yeah, being out of that politically steeped environment um, gives us a chance to, like, reflect on what the greater trends are, um, especially because this election was one that showed the power of places outside D.C. making their voices heard.
0: Both of you first, give me your full names and your titles here at The Onion. Ben Berkeley, executive editor.
3: Chad Nackers, head writer. How long have you been here? This is my 20th year at
0: the Onion show off. Such a show off. So you're like the spiritual godfather of this place.
3: <laughs> Closer to dead is probably uh, <laughs> where I'm at.
0: So then okay, so like how has what the Onion does and what the ethos of the place is, how has it changed over time? Like would the Onion of 20 years ago recognize the Onion of today?
3: I, I think the onion of 20 years ago would not recognize the world today. You know, that's that's where it's crazy is like back then you could appreciate, like, oh, they're just making fun of Bill Clinton or they're making fun of whatever Republican was in charge. And now I feel like people look at it like you guys are making fun of this thing, but you're not making fun of that thing, you know. It's yeah. like whereas they can't they can't enjoy both jokes for some reason now. So, um, yeah, it's just a different world. And then you, you go into the Trump era where – It's kind of like he's he's stealing our work from us, you know, with all his craziness. You're saying he writes
0: the jokes for you?
3: Well, he doesn't write the jokes for us. He he makes it so nothing seems nothing and everything seems plausible at the same time, you know. That like he'll come up with something that you're like, wait, did he just say that? Ben, your thoughts on this? Um, Yeah, I think it's just it's a hard thing to do, you know. We've we've heard we've all heard a lot of people in our lives say. Oh, this this Trump thing you guys must be having a field day. It must be so much fun. It's 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 not really. It's um, not fun, and I think it's it's not necessarily even Trump himself so much as it's just the 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 pace of the world of the media world. Um, you know, something happens in an instant, and then you've got thousands of tweets. Uh, And hundreds of hot takes right away. Absolutely. And so for an organization that prides itself on being there with something original and uh, thought provoking, that's a hard thing to do.
1: It's really different. How so? Because with Trump, I think the public fully expects and demands um, that jokes be made about, that, that, that we skewer Trump. Um, we try not to go to any of the wells that we see people joking about all online already. Um, the, the hue of his skin or the, the qualities of his hair uh, are so not things. you don't things, do those? No. We try to find uncommented upon areas. Either um, his policies or the people who surround him in his administration are worthy targets.
2: White House groundskeeper admits it nice having Steve Bannon around to control Rose Garden's rabbit population. Excessive government oversight forces dozens of Russian back channels to close. U.S. economy expands at infinite pace following disaster at Fed fiscal centrifuge. Subhead quadrillions of small businesses open, closed, reconstituted into atoms, and and past microsecond alone, report terrified economists. Soot-covered Ben Carson emerges from talks with nation's top chimneys. (laughs) He open's an umbrella.
0: (laughs) All right, time for a quick break right here. More from my visit to the Onion in just a bit. BRB.
3: Support for It's Been a Minute and the following message come from the Platinum Card from American Express. There's a great big world out there, and no other card lets you experience it like the Platinum Card, backed by the service and security of American Express. Support also comes from Discover Card, who alerts you if they find your social security number on any one of thousands of risky websites. Discover believes there are some things that you just need to know. It's just another way Discover looks out for you, not just your account. And best of all, social security alerts are free for Discover Card members. All you have to do is sign up online. Learn more at discover.com slash free alerts. Limitations apply.
1: I'm Linda Holmes.
3: And
2: I'm Stephen Thompson. There's more stuff to watch and
3: read these days than any one person can get to. That's why we make Pop Culture Happy Hour.
1: Twice a week, we sort through the nonsense, share reactions, and give you the lowdown on what's worth your precious time and what's not. Find Pop Culture Happy Hour on the NPR One app or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: All right, we're back. So it is very true that The Onion has been pretty savage about President Trump and members of his White House. Here are some headlines from just the last week. My work is done here. Smiles contented Bannon before bursting into millions of spores. Here's another. Trump inspires thousands of kids to believe they could one day grow up to be president of the Confederacy. Another one. Trump blasts critics who judge neo-Nazis by most extreme members. But here's the thing. I have to imagine that The Onion's audience probably doesn't mind this kind of tone against President Trump that much. Flip side, though, is that the next time there's a Democrat in the White House, The Onion's audience might have to reset expectations. Chad Knackers is the head writer for The Onion, and he told me there's something that they always think about there in the office, but they never let it really take hold of them. This idea that someone is always going to find something they do not funny. We always cross someone's line, and that person always says,
3: I love The Onion. Until you made fun of this, and and so I think right now we're living in a country where every single person is like, no one's allowed to talk about this thing that makes me mad, uh-huh. and so I feel like it. I, all I'm seeing is I see more outrage just in general it's like there's just so much outrage huh. and it's not necessarily that siren
0: just went up the, the outrage siren it, it's <laughs> not even
3: like that it's just outrage about us I just think that everybody's expressing their outrage and they're they're annoyed about every group and you know everybody seems to be very frustrated by this and so does
0: that make it harder for you guys I,
3: I don't think so because I don't think we ever look at like what the readers uh, opinion or their comments are going to be we don't care um, <laughs> You know,
0: we'll take their praise, but... (laughs) And there's another angle here, too. Sometimes The Onion isn't exactly trying to make fun of anything. Occasionally, when the news is really serious, they'll do some really poignant work. You know, they're known for running the same article after any and every mass shooting here in America. No way to prevent this, says only nation in the world where this happens. So they just change a few of the details each time, but the headline stays the same. And something like that, that kind of story, it's on the edge of satire but it is also
2: not funny. Here's Cole and Marnie again, followed by Chad. It's kind of this thing that's part of the underneath those um, where we nothing's off limits to us, like no joke's off limits and there's no too soon in our world. Like a lot of the things that happen, um, we feel like the time to discuss the underlying issues behind them is in the aftermath of things. Like that's... That's when it matters most. We're, I think, we're well known for our coverage after like mass shootings in the United States and stuff.
0: Well, like you guys that. have that one article that you kind of repurpose, right. which is very powerful. Yeah,
2: no way to prevent this. Says only nation in world where this happens, and we just change the details in them: the location, the number of victims, um, just to sort of comment on like the boilerplate nature of not just like the coverage, but like just the fact that this happens all the time in a different place. And the only thing that's different is like the place and the number of people who died. Yeah.
1: And because we aren't going for a laugh, or much less a cheap laugh, in the wake of these tragedies. There is no such thing as too soon. Um, you want that comment to be fresh and immediate because the commentary that we're making is relevant to that scenario, and we want to capture the national mood in the wake of these things. So to say too soon kind of implies a cheapness that we aren't going for.
0: Mm-hmm what was the biggest moment of evolution for the onion i've heard some stories that like 911 was really big for the organization but like was there a moment where everything changed for the onion
3: i think i think that was a pretty huge i think actually if you want to go back i think bush getting elected was probably like i i think we went to darker satire at that point like mm. um i mean our immediate thing was we we kind of threw out our initial issue That we were planning. And we just worked over the weekend and did like, it was like this chaos thing where like Naderites blew up the Hoover Dam and like there's all this crazy stuff. And it was just like a nation in chaos. Um, And I feel like that theme sort of continued into the Bush administration. And with 9 11, the Iraq war, the stakes had been kind of raised and we were like hitting more serious issues at that point, you know? It was like less about Bill Clinton acting like a goofball, you know?
0: It was like, Some serious stuff.
3: Yeah. So we hit satire in that way, but all of a sudden it was, like, everything around us. I mean, we'd all just moved to New York City, and there's smoke billowing above Manhattan, you know, while we're going into our offices still.
0: So, like, how do you, as a comedic writer, deal with that? You know that the world has never been more serious when an event like that happens, and your job is to be funny. Did you ever just say, maybe we shouldn't publish The Onion for a few weeks? Maybe we should just, oh, like, like wait this out after 9-11, and, yeah. Well, we
3: we didn't come out with anything right away. We actually – our first print issue was supposed to come out in New York basically on, like, September 12th or something. Mm. So we did hold back. We waited a whole week before we did anything, and we, we brought every single person in, the, in our office into the room to look at the, the board with our headlines and stuff huh. and made sure that, like – because we didn't want anything to come off as offensive, yeah. you know, and – just It was all like a lot of double-checking, which is the trend in in comedy, too, is where, like, you, you can't just... If you're trying to make a, a, a serious comment on society,
0: you can't just cook the facts so that they work for your joke. Okay, so we've saved the most interesting part of the Onion headline meeting for last. After they've gone through all of that day's headline submissions, the whole team returns to that list of headlines that have cleared the first round headlines that got a laugh, or a few of them agreed on it, the ones that have potential. Then what they do with those headlines is actually completely unfunny. It is this almost clinical dissection of what exactly is happening with each headline, what makes it funny or not, and why, and that informs the actual story that will be written for those headlines. And so now the list of the 24 finalists, and you guys are going through and like doing what?
2: Um, we're gonna circle the ones we like, or make notes. Uh, possibly, like alter the headline if if we don't think it's quite there. Or if we like the idea, um, and then we'll decide which ones we wanna write up. Which you guys like? One, one. I was okay on one. Um, Death rides a horse bathed in blood. This is the end of us all. Screams filthy roped Trump on DC street corner. It's okay. I just didn't know if that rhetoric at the beginning felt like the felt like a straight line heightening of his tweets to me. I don't know what you guys think. I mean, it's more just like a
3: crazed, you know, street corner preacher type doomsday prophet thing, right? Yeah.
2: The escalation here is Trump's uh, propensity to go to apocalyptic mode the second
3: a terrorist attack happens and be alarmist. So I think that's the escalation, that's the connection, and kind of satirical.
2: It just feels to me that the bigger thing to take away from his tweets is just like, pushing his agenda not the like the end is near kind of language. Yeah, I see what you're
3: saying. I I, I I guess I still fall back on the idea that he's been incredibly alarmist and that's yeah. a significant criticism that he's gotten in the past.
2: I completely agree. Yeah. I just I just feel like it's never like the end is nigh kind of thing. I think it's just more like yeah. we live in a we live in a dangerous world. Let's Thanks arm sure. let's like militarize the police kind of yeah. stuff. I almost I almost swore. <laughs> We're live on NPR right now, right? You <laughs> get way over your bleep. <laughs> um, what else?
1: Fourteen.
2: Fourteen. I like Fourteen. I thought it was kind of funny. Trump boys chasing wounded hog around White House. Okay. We get the thing of them with their, like, guns slung yeah, over their yeah. shoulder. Yeah crashing well. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, squealing as it ran through the, you know, the East Room, knocking over tables and- yeah. Literally making yeah. it panic more, they're trying to get it to run into this sack they have. Yeah. Smashing <laughs> the bust of Winston Churchill. <laughs> <laughs> Clambering onto the Resolute desk. Is it, are, it going are they going trying to capture it alive? No, I they think, they to I think it, the parallel should probably be, like, the trophy hunting thing, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah.
3: I, I'm kind of
2: interested in 23. 23. U.S. economy expands at infinite pace following disaster at Fed fiscal centrifuge. Um, I, I like this scene. I like the world that could be built out. I'm just... It just, it just feels a little too made up right yeah. now if we find that one semi-real thing to play off of. Um, but yeah, I love that scene. I think it's a shopper. Well, that means that we're going to workshop it. Pitch oh, okay. it, pitch how it long again. is the workshop? Here? Uh, it sometimes they never come back. <laughs> it's up, it's up to each individual, whoever Any, wrote it, to anywhere it. from like ten seconds to infinity. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: What's the like ideal output for one of
2: the writers? Ideal output? Wow. Ooh. Oh, we're getting... <laughs> <laughs> it's more what... coal fires, <laughs> 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 Um, I don't know. I think, I think it's everyone like writes stories, and everyone's on a rotating thing where they write videos. But I, I think everyone has like. I don't know what's the average number of headlines people get in. That would start getting real weird if we started yeah, talking about that. It weird, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, probably- Can we go to our
1: safe space,
2: Cole? <laughs> <laughs> don't tell Hannity. <laughs> All
0: right, thanks to Cole Bolton, Chad Knackers, Marnie Shore, and Ben Berkeley, along with the rest of the staff at The Onion. Also, their staff did a big project this summer called the Trump Documents. They call it, quote, leaks, and I'm using quotes here. Leaks of hundreds of documents, memos, emails, even secret recordings, all obtained from the Trump White House. You can explore the entire collection on their website. All right, back again on Friday with our regular wrap on the news and the culture and everything from the week. Until then, thank you for listening. I'm Sam Sanders. Talk soon.